0: Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of the Super Pesses Roundup podcast. It's the final podcast of our season, in fact. Uh, I'm your host, Ian Albert, and joining me as ever is Ron Bronson, my friend from across the pond. Ron, how are you doing?
1: Great to be here. Good to see you both.
0: And he's our international man of mystery, our man from Milan. It's Mikko Piran and Miko, how are you doing?
2: All good, all good. Uh trying to like settle into life after Pesapolo season and it's like uh it's it's an adventure because i i actually think uh i i missed the season now that it's ended but uh yeah
0: yeah it's uh it's a strange time at the moment you know the season's ended and um we're, we're getting bits and bobs of news. Um, some of the news I wanted to talk about, obviously. Um, things like Sipe uh, have uh, decided not to take up their uh, place in Super next year. And it, it, it kind of fanned the flames of this argument that's been doing the rounds for quite some time. And, you know, we, indeed, we even talked about it before the season, which is how many teams should there be? in Superbasis. Because Sipe are not going to be replaced next season. I think that was the only decision the league could make because Hamina and uh, all had already made a lot of their contract choices and decisions on the basis that they were going to be Jürgen's Bessis next year. So 13 teams now. Um, Mikko, what do you make of that decision?
2: Well, I think that it should be brought down to 12 in like essentially and when they sit down to talk about it they they announced that they will uh talk about like the season uh, 2023 and 2024 uh next year and uh but yeah, I I've been like for a decade or so, I've been saying that for me that the right number of teams would be 12 in men's superpasses and 10 in women's superpasses. And I still see no reason to change that opinion. But uh but it, as far as Cepa uh, goes, uh, I mean they tried some new uh, str- strategies, for example, like tying up the uh contracts to something like social media interact actions and stuff like that but uh, they they couldn't get people like they, they couldn't get attendance and they couldn't make themselves like uh, important enough on a local stage and uh, even though they played a, a good season and like uh, they they can hold their head high but I wasn't surprised, at the least, when they made that decision.
0: Well, it was a double whammy, of course, for, for Sipa, because both the men's and the women's teams um, were in that relegation fight uh, at the very end of the season. And in fact, the women's team um, was relegated. The men's team just about uh, stayed up. But obviously, from a financial perspective, isn't something that they can sustain. Um, one of the things i i was looking and thinking about when we uh, when we talk about reducing the teams is whether the playoff format should still stay as a, an eight team playoff because um none of the teams who've made it from sixth to eighth i think have, have ever won the the title and i think only once one of them uh, got a medal so it's 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 questionable whether so many teams should make the playoffs. But at the same time, if we're in a situation that we are now, where there's a very clear top five and nothing's going to change anytime soon about those top five, um, would it become uh, more stale? Uh, I would throw over to Ron at this point, but he's disappeared. (laughs) Oh, there we are. (laughs) Um, So, Ron, what, what, what do you make of those ideas?
1: Well, you know, I'm an American, so you know me. I want playoffs all the time. I want playoffs every day. I want playoffs for breakfast, lunch, and I want playoffs for dinner. I love playoffs. Um, But jokes aside, I mean, I mean that sincerely, but jokes aside, those six to eight teams, I don't care if they're never going to win a title. It's not fair to those fans to deprive those markets of playoff home games of seeing the best teams come through. Um, it's good for the players to be showcased at that level. Obviously, you have what could have happened this year, where we almost had the upset of the, of the you know, the upset of the defending champs. Now, almost happened, you know. And so, to me, uh, I think it's worthwhile. I know it's the parity's not great, especially on the women's side. It's really especially like anticlimactic. But I, I don't. I think, I think I think it's okay. Um, I think the home games are worth it
0: one of the other um stories we we've, we've had recently was uh, Mati Ivaranen has uh, retired as a, a game manager um after taking the uh, the championship uh, with Mansa. um clearly a lot of love for, for Ivaranen out there and in, indeed when i uh, spoke to Juha putimaki um when when i was uh, starting out on the blog um he said ivarinen was was a, a, a great inspiration uh, to him as a game manager uh, previously as well. Um Miko you you know a lot of uh, the people inside the game as well. Um how is uh, Mati Varinen um revered?
2: Well, I think that he is revered as one of the most honest and like <clears throat> down to earth guys in, in the in the sport. And he he's a person who has like built his whole career based on the like to <clears throat> uh, putting your hands on the dirt and doing the dirty work and doing the groundwork like hours and hours and hours and hours. So he's also a coach that like is not afraid to put in the effort. That I, I think that one of one of great examples was that Pereto Haldala tweeted, like after the championship, that he played, for example, under Ivarinen as a junior. And uh, after one game, it was one of the regular season games in juniors, uh, junior leagues, uh, Pereto said that he had some issues with his pitching, and he thought that, like after the game, he said that I'm not satisfied how I pitched today. And uh, okay, the games normally start at six, so that was around like, uh, let's say 8.30 or nine when he said that. And Ivarine said that, okay, is it okay for you if we uh, go back to to the ground and make it, like, let's start pitching and let's make it okay. And they did it for two hours after the game to get it right. To make Berto feel that he's okay with it, and then send him home. So that's the kind of like, and he's he's a person that always when I've been talking with Ivarin and he's like, uh, he's um, what you what you see is what you get. There's no like, there's no uh, games being played or anything like that. So he's an he's an honest guy who everybody was like, uh, like. I think that deep down, everybody wanted him to win a championship at some point. And, uh, I truly think that as like he has the most games as the game manager, and now he can retire. And just like Pultimaki said that he can retire until he comes back. So, <laughs> so yeah, let's see. Yeah.
0: Uh, Ron, uh- do you make much of Vivarinen? I I don't know if you know him well.
1: No, just to say that um, what a, what a cool way to go out after such a you know storied career to go out that way is really cool, especially given how they did it um, competitively this year. Definitely a steady hand at the managerial uh, dial helped them, you know, get out of some jams. So really cool to see it, and 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 you know, like you said, wish him all the best till he comes back next time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well before we get on to the um finals in the men's and the women's superpaces I want to talk a little bit about the other finals uh, that have happened fairly recently uh, and that was the swiss championship finals now as our international man on the ground miko you were you were actually there um at the championships how did that go down well
2: let's just say that i have seen festivals that have been arranged worse than that so they like the <clears throat> they really made it like the Swiss make everything so that every single little little detail was taken care of and they had like uh, uh let's just say that uh the, the the okay the field where they played the games it's obviously it's not superpaces level or anything like that but all the <clears throat> all the like equipment and the jerseys and like the what goes on in the area is like they they even had like a little restaurant it it wasn't like it was a bit of a buffet that they had over there that it was like that kind of a two-day event where they where they showcased the game too but uh i think that the the biggest thing in their way of approaching the game is that they're so they're so happy and they're so like so happy to play the game and their their approach is so positive that it it's and cheerful that it, it you must get like involved in it so but that being said it's uh the championship game was uh, between zürich and solo uh, solo turn uh who for example our former guest uh, dominic Meyer plays for solo turn and uh they are making a bit of a like a bezapalo hub over there so now they have two teams like entering the tournament and they i mean they took it quite like so to say seriously that the the night before they like yeah went to their hotels at like 9 and they they like uh, approached it like uh, like, a, like it should be approached and uh, <clears throat> and yeah they play uh, the beautiful thing for me like in terms of the game is that they play it so differently that for example they have like a, they have a like a baseball kind of outfield. So they have three players, uh, on the outfield. So one is in the middle at the back and two are on the sides, basically. And they, they have, they also played this like, I call it like back triangle. Like they also played it in the World Cup. So it's again, they are defending against the like the hard hits though that go go to the outfield of course when the when the players can hit to the sides then it can becomes like pretty useless but uh i i think that it's yeah it's it's one way to like make the game look like uh, yourself so to say and uh yeah, it was a great weekend with with amazing people and uh, the Swiss people. They are they definitely are uh, people that are worth getting getting like uh, accustomed with, so to say. Yeah.
0: Well, in addition. Um, to the Swiss tournament, Uh, we've actually seen um, the Bangladesh Pespolo Association putting on their third um, annual uh, mixed and women's championships uh, as well. So um, it's great to see the game uh, still growing uh, in Bangladesh as well. Uh, Ron, what do you make of the growth of the game in both uh, Switzerland and in Bangladesh?
1: merging into places um really really fun to see as an international fan um i think we want to see more of this like way more ways that the super paces and you know Pespaolito in general can reach out to like basically help foster this kind of international like right now i think it's a lot of us individuals like us who just get excited about it and do the yeah. work and i know there's not a lot of money but i feel like Anything we can do, anything that can be done on the, in the finish side to try to you know, help people like individuals who care about the game get more into it, I think is a good thing. I think it's good for the future of the game because there's still a lot to be done. But it's good to see.
2: Yeah, and, uh, I think the way that I think about it is that if we think about like five years back, and where we have gone now, like how much, how much forward we have actually gone in terms of social media activity, uh, interactions over there. Uh, these things like, uh, okay, the Swiss, they played this tournament like five years ago, but there there wasn't like, they and they played this game in some areas of like in the Indian subcontinent or so. But of of course now uh, the p- pandemic has also slowed down these things. But uh, I think that even even with like very little money, uh, we could like one or two people could actually make a, a big difference in, in terms of like getting new people uh, play the game. For example, in those areas where where they where they are already like um, affiliated with like bat and ball games, and uh, that way it can grow. And uh, it, it's of course it's harder in certain areas. It's I, I don't like I I would really be surprised if we can make it grow in like UK or US in within the next five years. But uh, <clears throat> but the, the this is a perfect case of like small streams and we need to like create a lot of those. And, uh, even those that we have created and you guys have been like helping to create, uh, that those, those really are making a difference and we'll do like much more in the upcoming years.
0: So since our last podcast, we've had the final, games in the men's and the women's Super Prestige Championships and uh, Ron I think it was you who said could KPL win game four yeah maybe but could they win game five no and uh, you were on the money with that one Um, what did you make of the the men's finals
1: hey look all year I've said it that Manson team it took my best player I'm not happy about it but you know what those boys they they they, they had a, they had a target on their back all season long and Putamaki, I respect that dude so much because I'm gonna say this he talked a lot of shit, but he backed it up all season long like on the field and in the playoffs when it came their backs were against the wall like they got the job done so you can't like I was I said I didn't like it I was upset but at the same time you couldn't do anything but respect it because they they turned it on, and that's what guess what good teams are supposed to do. They're supposed to do what those guys did. They're like, you know what? We're down two to nothing, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna raise our level, and they did that throughout the playoffs. After that, so nothing tip by cap to those guys um, and to the whole Tampa community for embracing that team for getting. I would love to have ten teams in our league that are that are that competitive, that spend that kind of money, that have that kind of interest. It would be great for the sport. So even though they're they're a villain. I think that you you have to, as an objective fan, look at it and say, Yeah, but how good is that that we have a community, a big city, a bigger city in Finland, that is coalesced around the game. And 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 so, yeah. So, you know, as a fan, boo. But as an objective observer of the sport and who appreciates the sport, I tip my cat to everybody in that community and for on that team for what they were able to accomplish this season. And I hope they could lose every game next year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, thanks for that, Ron. Um, I I agree about uh, the impact of Putimaki. Um When I saw him uh, play against um, Hervinka, um, uh when I was over in Finland early this year, um, he was he was really sort of engaging with the the home crowd. You know, yeah, you know, I'm. Uh, but um, yeah, when I was watching the the final games, I I I tried to count the number of outs that he was instrumental in either collecting the, the bunt hit, the short hit and throwing to third with incredible accuracy and speed, uh, or in some way manufacturing that out in a different way. And I, I just lost count in the end because it, it, it was, it was really pretty much, um, all centered around what he was doing at the plate. And, you know, that, that's, that's what a, a championship winning, um, Picture looks like not that Yannick Vapelto looked any different, um, but it, it was just incredible to see this this duel between the two. Um, for me, in the final game, it was an adjustment to the lineup that Mansa made in the second yakso. They they shuffled a couple of their players around that made that difference, um, and it allowed Mansa to score in the first inning of the second yakso. Um, and that that was the only difference that they needed in, in that game five, um, Mika. What were your thoughts of the final games?
2: Well, I would, I I, I think that Ron like hit the jackpot right there. I mean that was that was how it is and now it was. And I mean they they talk, talk the talk, but they also walk the walk, and that's like. It is exactly like uh, like is the kind of a like he is not a villain, but I don't remember the name of like uh, the pitcher in in baseball that I saw like a couple of years ago in finals was Strasburg or something like that. I don't I don't remember, but just uh, just I saw a video clip of him uh, holding the ball and like. Uh, Watching the watching the battle, and saying that that you're mine, and there's there was a word in between there that I'm not going to say out loud. But anyway, that that's the kind of attitude that you need to have, and that's the kind of every good story needs a villain. And I can I can honestly say that I'm I'm like I really don't like the way they did the whole thing, but. I really respect the, the result that they got and I, I respect the players enormously and there were a lot of like uh, my former players or uh, players who have played for me or players that I've coached and who I admire a lot. So there was no there was actually no player in that team that I would be like booing as, as such. But I I perfectly agree with Ron that we we need stories like that. I just uh, and and I know that next year they're gonna get a new stadium. The they're gonna play the Italians there, so it's gonna be a big thing. I just hope that it carries for like let's let's just say that if they are there after five years, then. I, I believe in the hype, but like as of now, I, they are the they they are the front runner to win the next two or three championship for sure, and they are the team now. Now they have the target on their back, like for sure, like, like Ron said, but but yeah, it's uh, they were the best team. Simple as that.
0: Well, they obviously have to uh, learn from the lessons of the past for teams like uh, Kaisa Niemi, uh, who uh, overspent um, uh, effectively and uh, they had a lot of other issues as well. But um, yeah, let's see where they are in five years' time. In the women's uh, championship, uh, we saw a bit of a fairy tale story with um, Pori winning at home uh, against the team that everybody uh, had assumed would easily win the title again. Um, Ron, did you catch the women's final? Um,
1: look, <clears throat> it wasn't that... It wasn't... Okay, you've lost one game all year. <laughs> and so, like, they're the dominant team. But it became very clear later in the season, as Emma Carpigal wasn't around as much, that Porry was on a mission. and And so, like when it was clear that Virkia couldn't get past them, you know, my team, Lapua couldn't get past them, when, when it was, like, clear that, like, like, the initial thought was, that, you know, it's just this, this dude, like, you know, Kuterat, Virkia, and Pori, and maybe, you know, I mean, it did, they're the two dominant teams, you know, the two teams that have won all the titles, really, of the last couple of years, instead of that Manta title, and now Pori's title in the last, you know, decade or so. But it became very clear in that Virkia-Pori uh, series that Pori was there to play, and they probably weren't going to lose the series. And that did surprise me. I did not expect that, but also I was I you know I had fan glasses on. Um in the finals, I think it became very clear very quickly that that again Corey wasn't going to lose. They had to win that game at home like it wasn't going to it wasn't they couldn't they they weren't going to lose that game. Um, and you don't want to go I said it, it was online talking to somebody in finish and I'm like you can't like you better not go back to Uvascula in a game 5 against this team because you're going to get blown out like they're going to they're going to make you wish you had not done this and wisely i was like they must have they heard me because that was wild that they pulled that off the way they did but they had to do that because there was no planet there was no planet they were going back to the last Gila for game five and they were going to win that series it wasn't going to happen so i'm glad they did it fairy tale like you said great story for the sport Um, happy for all the players in that team that have you know like um who um you know susan priesto specifically who has been the you know the lifeblood of that team for the last couple of seasons and for her to finally get a title she deserved it that team deserved it their mvp was a teenager you know um so i i thought it was a fun series and obviously great for the women's game would love to have
0: more teams you know doing that absolutely um miko did you catch the games
2: yeah and uh i thought that game two was the like the <clears throat> turning point in that series that at the i thought that if if Boris is able to win game two then they have a genuine shot at making like winning the title because uh, yeah that okay they went to Juvascular in game one and won, which which was a huge win but then if they would have lost at home after that, it would have turned in favor of Gritare for sure, and uh, because the, there was this mental like setting that there's the like so-called eternal number two that they are the perennial perennial like sil- silver medal winners, so to say, and uh, but but they won game two and then they were blown out in game three, which was also expected and it all came down to game four. But, uh, but yeah, it's <clears throat> before game four, I just, uh, I, I picked up some of my notes from like, uh, from the spring, before the season when we did some of the like analysis for Vekkaus for the like the upcoming season. And I picked up the odds that we had for like teams winning the titles in men's or, and women's category. And, and I also remember the conversation that we had back then, that we have to go back at least 20 years in both men's and women's category uh, that we would have a championship contender that would be like that would have odds like that like get it that I did before the season in terms of percentages uh, they were about like let's say seven out of 10 or or even more it was like 75 between 75 and 80 percent favorite to win the title. And that is, that is like ridiculous. And they, in the end, like, like Ron said, that they lost one game in regular, like, season. And then just, uh, things started to fall apart a bit. And then the, like, the injury to the, uh, to Emma was was like the final straw, I think. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it was great to see Pori. Pori win the game, and I immediately after the game congratulated uh, Jarko Pokela, who's a, absolutely a great guy and made a and like amazing work. Uh, did amazing work in his first season as a game manager there. Well,
0: it's been fascinating to to see um, Pori's story develop throughout the season, uh, and in fact, um, I managed to catch up with uh, Susanne Puisto. And uh, Katya Pusinen, uh, Katya is the um, mental training coach uh, for the team. Um, so we'll we'll have that uh, interview uh, just after this short break. So uh, please don't go anywhere. Joining me now on the show is uh, well, our two very special guests from this year's women's championship-winning team. Uh, first of all, I have the captain of the team, champion, batting champion two years, running, and in fact, five years runner-up prior to that. It's Susana Puisto. Susana, thank you for joining me.
3: Hi, thank you. <laughs> it's great to be here.
0: And alongside the physical coaching and training side of things, Pori has had an impressive mental training coach with them this year to help them get the best out of the team, help them with their reaching their true potential. And that's Katia Pasanen. Katia, thank you for joining me also.
4: Thank you. Nice to be here.
0: Um, so, Katia, I'll, I'll start with you if I uh, may. Um, what are the main roles for being a mental training coach? I touched on it a little bit there, but t- tell us a little bit more about that
4: uh, at a team I, it doesn't matter what team i'm I'm usually helping teams uh, team players uh, leaders or, or how how they feel how they should act together, how they want to act together. And also, like coaches and players, uh, how how they reach out them best. So it's a, it's a, always depend uh, the team what we do. But usually, there is always a, a whole team, also coaches and players, in which
0: Because of course, you've worked with lots of other um, teams, and in fact, different sports and individuals, um, as you say what what would you think the toughest part of your job is
4: what is the toughest part uh in my job uh, uh i think it's uh when game is on and uh, i i can't do anything i i can't feel like uh, i i when it's like a big game going on and uh, i need to just uh, watch and uh, Try to feel how team feeling and help them reach out them best. So I think that's uh, that's the toughest part in in my job that uh, not to feel but in part of there and just uh, uh, try to see uh, how they react and what they do and help them to react and do how they want to react and do uh, middle of the game. But I'm not playing, so I'm I'm. Also, like uh, behind the team, and uh, and uh, just try to help them, like uh, background.
0: It must have been incredible uh, watching um, Pori take the championship this year. It was an incredible series. Um, Susanna, it was you doing <laughs> that. You were winning the uh, the championship with your team. What were you thinking when the final whistle blew, and it was official that you'd actually won the championship? <laughs>
3: it's really hard to say what i was thinking i was just jumping and screaming and crying and <laughs> hugging everybody it was a it was a really crazy feeling
0: <laughs> has any of it sunk in yet that you are the champions uh
3: i don't know it's it's thing that it's hard to realize that it's it had really happened but i think at some point i'm gonna <laughs> realise that.
0: Well, you're from Pori originally, they're your breeder team and um, when I visited earlier this year during Italansi, I could see how, how passionate um, the locals and the fans were uh, for the game. How much does it mean to Pori to uh, win the championship this year?
3: I think it's a big thing. We have a lot of fans who has come to our games so many years and they have been waiting that we could really win that championship. So I think it was a big thing and for our own juniors too that they see us winning and I think it's a lot and a big thing.
0: Well, my co-host and I have talked on previous podcasts about how great the setup is in Pori and how engaged the whole town is and um, just how uh, good a place it is to um, play or, or even watch Perseparo. Um Katja, how did you get involved with the PORI team?
4: Uh, uh, Tommy Haula was an uh, agent of uh, ice hockey, and Vesa we were talking together, and, uh, and uh, Haula uh, gave my name to PORI. They were looking mental training coach, and uh, Haula was... Uh, Uh, saying my name and that's how I get there like uh, it was 2019 when I when I start so my first season
0: and uh, how do you think your involvement has affected and improved the team during that time I'm sorry sorry Uh, how do you think your involvement uh, with Pori has affected or improved the team
4: Oh, you should maybe ask that about uh, Susanna, but uh, because uh, what I uh, uh, but uh, I can like uh, uh, what happened. I I helped them like uh, believe themselves because the, every every athlete, uh, every player, they have skills. They know how to play that game. What they are doing, they they know how them uh, them sport like well so so I think uh, my my job uh, wherever, wherever I go and what I do is like uh, uh just uh, help them to be believing themselves so so find out what stem strengths and also like how to how when you feel like nervous or something how you how you can help like being uh, self confidence and feeling good and relaxed and those kind of feelings that you want to get to when you are Doing your sport, so so that kind of. But um, but I think Suski is better answer for that.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say there was a lot of a lot of doubt amongst the um, the pundits, uh, amongst a lot of fans across as to uh, who, if anybody, um, could beat Karitret. Um, so here we are, the end of the season. Uh, you beat them, and in. If I say so, you beat them in style um, in that series. It was incredible to watch. Um, So Susanna, how do you think um, that those uh, predictions, those reports at the beginning of the season, did they impact you or how you uh, went about your season?
3: Um, uh, Of course, we couldn't avoid that, that everybody were talking about how good they are and, uh, but we were focusing on our team and uh, uh, improve to our game. At the end of the summer, I was thinking that I would like to play against them at the finals, so I, <laughs> we could prove them wrong, that we are better than them. So it was a, this was a great end of season that we could play finals against them and show that we are better than them.
0: And going into those finals, was there any extra preparation that you made or, or, or took? Um, we saw that Curitorette was perhaps a little bit vulnerable in their uh, series against Manse. Um, was there anything special that uh, that you did to prepare? Uh,
3: well, I watched it, all those semifinals against Manse. And uh, of course, we were talking about with coaches where to hit the ball and something like that, but not. Just something Pacific. Uh, it was just like the other games and the pre- preparing for that game. So, no, <laughs> nothing special.
0: Now, obviously, uh, both this season and in fact last season, um, we've been living under the shadow of the coronavirus. Um, Katia, have you found that that's added an extra challenge? Um, to your job. Have, have you noticed any differences to your role or, or anything like that?
4: Uh, of course it changed because I couldn't travel that much. Uh, I couldn't be involved in like uh, every weekend or every game and uh, things changed. There's uh, so many things that uh, we didn't know what happened, how how we play season and those. Uh, also like uh, other players... Uh, they get uh, more breaks, so they could like rest more than usually can or somebody were like a little bit uh, fear or difficulties about the situation so of course it changed my role too but i i, I don't feel that it's only like parting with Pesa, uh, pesakarhut we did uh, like uh, i couldn't travel that much there but we did uh, well at the online and all these three seasons we make uh, some uh, things that getting us stronger, so this season coming like uh, after those couple two seasons, so so those players, there was uh, the team was very much same. So as Susanna was saying, that we didn't change that much when we go to playoffs. We we did uh, we played that same game that we have playing whole whole season, and we focus like uh, feeling and how we want to feel, how we want to act at one moment at time so so it was uh, like uh, differences that we want to focus and be there together and it doesn't matter what happened at the one situation we are focusing next one after that so so same same way that uh, it was in coronavirus too that uh, we, we couldn't change the situation that where we are we we can just focusing how we act, how we feel, how we want to feel and what we can do in this situation. And that same thing was like this season too. Mm. We were
0: You were talking about um, focus there. One of the things that um, my co-host and I were talking about actually when we um, visited Pori during the Italansi game was how the jokers stay focused when the other team are batting because um, I, I come from a cricketing background and when when you're uh, you know not doing anything you're walking around and not paying much attention but it's not quite the same in Pesopolo. Um so Susanna how do you stay focused uh, during a game when the opposition are batting?
3: well I think it's that's so familiar role to me so it's quite easy I'm just thinking about watching the girls play of course and cheering for them and uh, thinking about what I'm gonna hit next. And just try to keep warm. So I think that's easy. Just and I don't have to think the game so much. So I can just cheer for my girls.
0: (laughs) And um, I was talking about the Italian Sea game just there as well. Um, uh, You were at that game, of course. Um, How did it feel to play that game in front of the home fans, especially when we'd had um, the delay? Um, It was supposed to be last year, of course, and now it was this year.
3: It was really nice. And uh, the uh, atmosphere and the feeling on the field was amazing. And there was my family and friends, and it was nice that they could see that I play a game like that. And uh, I'm super grateful and happy that I had a chance to to do that.
0: (laughs) Well, we've seen the um the championship uh over now you, you you won as i say what lies in the future for you it seems to be you you're going on an upwards tra- uh, trend you've had five bronzes five silvers you've got the championship now you've had five consecutive um runner up uh for most runs batted in you've got the title now twice what does the future hold for you susanna <laughs>
3: future. Yeah. Uh, I haven't think about that so much, but maybe I play one more year and uh, I just want to, this after season, just uh, maybe study a little bit and see my friends and family and uh, maybe I figure out what, what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> so <laughs> let's see what the future holds. <laughs>
0: Well, I'll certainly be watching out um, to, to see you back on the, the Pespaolo field if, of course, you um, you do. Um, but, Katia, the role of um, psychology, of, of mental training in, in sports, um, it's been neglected a lot in the past. And certainly in sports where there's not a lot of money going around, it's not a priority. Um, where do you see the future for mental training and coaching? Uh, in Sao
4: I think it's uh, like uh, we have countries and we have uh, like sports that uh, other countries that use it uh, more than we we do in here in Finland. I I think it's something that we start to understand how how much it depends how you act what you do and uh, it's not only the skills. If it's only the skills and about practice, we have like so many champion players and teams around in Finland so it's something more and and of course I I mean that uh, even that if you are playing good or you are playing bad you can win even that if you are not playing that that good and you can like lose even that you are playing well but uh, when you use your mind and mindset like reach out your goals and your your things that you want to reach out it's of course helping because it's focus about how you how you feel when you are nervous, how you feel when there's so much pressure and those kind of things So I think we are coming and I hope that uh, also like uh, uh, head of uh, sport start to see, how much you can reach out more if you have that kind of things uh, with your team, it because we have there like uh, different kind of coaches in inside like physical and uh, uh, goalie coaches, skill coaches, and those kind of things. And we we usually use our mind also like when we are doing our sport. So we are thinking. It's not just body or your legs who is running you you have to think i start run now so you you are using your mindset all the time so why why we don't just focus and help help that kind of things too
0: well it's absolutely um fascinating to to think about because uh, as you say people don't always think about that side um of the sport or of most sports even Um, and yet the results are very clear um, because uh you and the team reached your full potential this year. You you won the championship and it was uh, it was incredible, as I say, to watch. Um so thank you very much both um of you for joining me uh for this interview. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um and good luck for the future and enjoy your championship. You've both earned it. <laughs>
4: thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and it was nice to be here. Thank you. Very much.
2: Se, että Kirittarit ei toista jaksoa voita.
0: Ja ratkaiseeko Susanna Puisto tämän toisen finaaliottelun kotikenttänsä huumassaan. Ensimmäisellä hyökkäys on päällä kolmas puolelle ja sieltä tulee juoksu. Porin Pesakarhut voittaa
3: toisen finaaliottelun. Erku Arena räjähtää liitoksistaan. Pesakarhut on yhden voiton päässä Suomen vesta.
0: Join us after uh, another short break, where we will have our Super Pessis Roundup Award Show. Okay, uh, welcome back. It's an award show, it's award time. I'm not appropriately dressed so I'm going to get into my award outfit now uh, so listeners won't be able to see but I'm wearing my uh, black tie outfit I'm gonna pop on my snazzy purple jacket as well um, so yeah guys some of your favorite moments this season uh, Miko.
2: I would say that my favorite moment of the season was uh, the game was it game three? Yeah? No game four uh, between IPB and Mansepepe Pepe, where they had the like the scoring contest, and it ca- ca- came down to Ursula having to actually hit, like be successful. in in order for them to like continue the playoffs. So that was the moment of the season for me, not them winning the championship, which like that, from that moment, it started to grow, I think. And from those conversations that they had in in the team, but that was my moment of the season.
0: Do you have any uh, favorite moments, Ron?
1: Hard, hard for me to narrow it down to one, but I'll say that um, counterintuitively, my my favorite thing of the season is even though they didn't get a, get the job done, is KPL making the final for the second straight year. Didn't see that coming. I mean, if they had the potential talent, but I don't think that that the start of the playoffs that I think that I would have predicted that. And so for them to even grind and to get into that position and to into force a game five, which they could not do last year, um, I thought was was pretty cool. Um, like I said, they didn't get finished the job, but I think that was definitely, you know, Silver is nothing that sneezes at all the time, even though, you know, they've been deprived a long time. So, yeah, that's my moment.
0: Well, my uh, personal moment uh, of the season was when I was at uh, Piccola and I watched uh, Irving Cantaco uh, play uh, senioki And it was uh, Temu Nikkanen's uh, RBI in the scoring contest at the end of the game. He just hit it straight down the middle into this perfect gap. Um, It was incredible to be there and watch the home fans um, celebrate. So let's uh, get on with the awards. Um, The first award was for the disappointment of the year. Now, last year we we finished with this one. It was a bit of a downer. So um, perhaps if we start with it this year, Um, we had uh, several um, candidates for this. Uh, the first was Kite, with their injury woes. Uh, Sipe, with their withdrawal uh, from Super Pesis next year. Sainioki, dropping down the table uh, yet again. Uh, Tarko's season, where they uh, eventually ended up. And uh, Johansson Myler's uh, season, the kind of uh, ups and downs, the good and the bad. So uh, the winner of that category was uh, Kite and their injury woes. Um, I know we were talking earlier on in the uh, in the year about them possibly being contenders, uh, just outside the top four, maybe uh, five. Um, it all seemed to fall apart for them. Um, Miko, w- what did you make of their season?
2: Well, the injury was obviously one thing, but I think the big picture is that they never got their game together. And it was never like they they never looked like contenders, and like later on in the like the regular season for for a short period of time, they were able to resemble the kind of form that they produced regularly, like last year, but still there was a lot was missing, not just injuries but something in that like. Uh, refreshing spirit that they brought to the game and to the league last season. Now it was more like they were forcing everything, forcing the game, and uh, and yeah, and also the key players underperformed. So it's that's there's no going like away from that. So that was that was a big disappointment for me, and uh, and yeah, let's see how they bounce
1: back
0: next year. Yeah. Uh, anything to add, Ron?
1: For me, um, seeing sipé go down and not come back up—I mean, it's after the season, but that—that—that's a bummer to be. I mean, I know that there are too many teams in the Super Paces, but for them to grind and win that, win that relegation final, and then now to have to still go down—I'm bummed about that. Obviously, the picture is going to Vimpoli, but like, I just feel bad. I still feel bad for them and, and for that fan base. Hope they make it back up sometime soon. So that—that's my—it's my
0: choice. So moving on to the most exciting moments of the season, and we've already touched on uh, some of these a little bit. Uh, The uh, options were uh, Game 5 in the men's final, uh, IPV nearly knocking out Mansa, Lohi and their fans, and Sipe winning that Game 5 against Ulu. Uh, And the winner for that uh, was uh, IPV uh, nearly knocking out Mansa. How could you choose anything else? It was an incredible um, run from IPv at the very end of the season, and it almost was that fairy tale ending. Uh, I mean, heck, I'm I'm still willing to write a screenplay if anybody wants me uh, to hire me to do it. I'd more than happy to make a movie um, about uh, about that team this year. Uh, Ron, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it's about where they get the job done, but that was really fun to watch and great for the sport. Um, really good for the sport. Hopefully, you'll see more of that kind of thing. um it was really, really. It was a really fun week um, for everybody, except for people in Manza, probably until the end. Miko,
2: yeah, I just remember that I was one of those uh, so-called experts before the season. That when we were talking about the team in our season preview in the Finnish podcast, uh, we both talked with uh, auntie Ulisana Maki. The what is this team about, like? After losing Yusila and Paratanen, like, what's the, like, what's the reason for this team? I, I mean, it looked like a team that they had just gathered a player from here and there, and from, from Zipe and from anywhere. And so, where is this going? And, uh, and then other expert. Uh, before the season, said, for example, in Sotkamon Yumus' uh, Bessie's talk show, that they don't see anything, in that they, they see just darkness in IPV season, that there's nothing positive to say about them. Uh, <clears throat> but it's uh, safe to say that uh, we took it on the chin and uh, deserved it so. So it was a fantastic thing.
0: Well, I, I did a bit of a um, an analysis um, last year on, on where they seem to go wrong, because from a statistics point, the players seem to play well enough. Um, they were at the top end of the st- uh, statistics. Um, they seem to win a, a relative number of games, and yet they, they failed to make the playoffs yet again. And so I started to watch a number of their games back over, and did Soon occurred to me that they weren't taking the chances when they had them, and that seems to be a big contrast with this year, where they were taking the chances when they had them, and when you know they had some issues, some problems, um, they dusted off and say, right, you know, second Yakso, we're coming straight back at it, and and that was that was an attitude that they didn't have last year. So moving on to the most exciting moment of the women's season, we had a few um, category, a few candidates for this. Uh, Pori uh, beating uh, Kiritaret, uh, Mansa claiming bronze uh, from a uh, a position where they looked uh, lost at sea. Uh, Sainioki blanking Kiritaret uh, in the only regular season lost uh, loss that they had. Uh, Mansa forcing that game five against Kiriteret and uh, Vasa got promoted and uh, the winner was of course uh, Pori beating Kiriteret. obviously with the odds uh, what they were at the beginning of the season that's not a surprise uh, we've already obviously talked about the, um, the finals there but were there any other points that uh, that Ron in particular you wanted to make about the women's no uh, Mikko
2: yeah i actually raised the issue that okay the the semi final series between monza and kiretara that was also something that surprised me a lot but one thing that will like possibly raise some good things in in women's Päsäpallo is that uh, Vasa, which is like a, on a finnish scale Let's say it's a relatively big city with no like well this is uh, there's a ice hockey team that plays on the highest level, but other than that there's there's at the moment there's no like that kind of competition within the area, and it's a big student city, and they had like a good thing going on in U and they beat seabed to get promoted. To superpesis. and from what I've heard from people inside the game, they see a lot of potential because they can attract young players with like uh, with university and things like that. So it it can like be it can be a good, really good thing for the sport.
0: So uh, moving on then to the manager. Of the year uh, in the men's category, we had uh, Mati Ivaranen, uh, Irohaimi, and uh, Juka of IPV. Uh, and the winner of that category uh, is uh, Mati Varanen, uh, obviously winning the championship. It's the, the gold lilt on his uh, career uh, thus far, and we can't wait soon enough for him to, to come back. Uh, and win another one
2: well uh, uh, yeah I, I think that this year especially uh you couldn't go wrong with any of those because Iroheimime was exceptional i mean he was he was a big reason why k p l made it that far, even with those injuries that they had and they i mean they had the uh, monte had the better material to begin with but uh, but even after injuries they like uh, they were able to force it to game five and against bimbaly they also they, they changed their game plan they adjusted they, they like in, in the decisive moments they played a more mature g- game and that, that tells everything about his capabilities although he's still a young guy at 34 and uh, and when we when we're talking about Yukanaki and with IPV, uh, the question is that wh- what do you have to do with a team like that to be the manager of the year? I mean, how much more do you need to do? That was that was actual actually a conversation that we had uh, with a lot of people that if you take a team that far, I mean, is winning the championship with, with Monse actually. Any better, and I I say that honestly. But I was still like, Ivarinen is one of my fav- favorite guys in the sport, and winning a championship is winning the champ, winning a, a title. So it sh- it will go to him. But I I think that any of those three are great options.
0: In terms of the uh, women's. Uh, manager of the year. Uh, We have um, Juha Antikainen, uh, who uh, took Mansa uh, to win bronze, Jarko Pokkala uh, of Pori, and uh, Nale Viljanen of kiriteret And the winner is Jarko Pokkala.
2: Yeah, I think this is a no-brainer. It has to be Pokkala. I mean, he comes to a new team that has failed to win a title for 19 years, even though their like resources have been like comparable with any of the top teams, if not better. And then he comes there, brings new like a new approach, new players, young players, like you said. 17 uh, year old wins the playoff MVP. Uh, if he is not the manager of the year, I don't know who who it can be in the like the forthcoming years
0: um so Ron, do you have any uh, thoughts on the women's manager of the year?
1: I just wanted to add just give a shout out to Nina Sipola, who is the uh, active, number two game manager for Lapo and Virkia. Um, when their number one manager was out for a good part of the season, she ran the team, and they played better. i I was like, she should just be the game manager. I hope they promote her. First of all, there should women more women managers in the league. anyway, i'm I'm bored by how few women managers there are, like no women game managers. frustrates me very much, but that's just you know the American to me talking, but also should be a thing. But she did a great. The team played really well under her, and I hope that she gets a chance to have the job because they they look like a better team when she had the job. So it's my, my second game manager of the <laughs> <laughs> award.
0: Well, I think that's a fair shout, Ron. Um, we 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 talked about uh, about her uh, earlier on in the year. I, I can't remember if it was on the show or just between the two of us, um, Miko. Yeah, I
2: mean, I I completely agree that it should be in the future. It should be a thing in Superpesis. and Sipola is one of those people who has, like, they are more than able to to have that job to, to get that job done and uh, but I also think, I mean in terms of honesty uh, in, in all honesty I need to say that this year we also had a like a opposite example of that that I, I really wasn't like pleased with the level of, of game that La Peranda was able to produce all year they should have played better with those players And, uh, I think that it was a bit of an odd, odd choice, uh, to, for Pesapalolito to, like, to pick their game manager as the game manager of Team East. And then they got relegated, like, at the end of the season. And the, and the team was, like, far from the worst in the division. So they had to make it, like, with their own, like, uh, with their own work. But uh, yeah, I agree. Sipola is, is a great uh, person inside the sport and has a lot of knowledge and we will get more women game managers and it's only good for the sport.
0: So from manager uh, to pitcher of the year, uh, we had uh, several uh, candidates in the men's category. We had uh, Rasmus Surakka uh, from IPV, Yannick Kivipelto from KPL, Apu from from Sotkamo and Juha Purtimaki uh, from Mansur, of course. And the winner of that category is Yannick Kivipelto. I went for Kivipelto. I just think overall he had the better material despite losing uh, the, the final. Um, Miko, your views?
2: I agree. I mean, I think that Purtimaki has improved a lot over the last two or three years and in the like in the regular season he is not the best pitcher there is but in like in the playoffs now he's so hard to beat and he, he improves the, he creates that atmosphere and he like we talked before he, he can handle that but I have like said it for three or four years in a row that I think that overall the best package in the sport is Janne Belter and uh, he, I, I mean, we're talking about a pitcher, not the best player. Even though he was like dis- a decisive player also as a batter in, in, in one of the games in the final series. But he, but uh, Putumayo is an amazing guy at bat. He has also won the golden bat like tr- during his career. But uh, but still, when we are talking about a pitcher. I think that Kibir Beldo just edges that.
0: So moving from the men's to the women's, uh, the Women's Pitcher of the Year, we had three uh, possibilities. We had uh, Mari Munstinen, uh, Seni Salonen, and Mintu uh, Ventaranta. Uh, and the winner of that category, therefore, is uh, Mintu Um I went with uh, Mari Munstinen, uh, Mikko,
2: I, I will go with Veteranda because uh, she played her best season by far and she she improved a lot this year I mean, and she was obviously, when when you win a championship you cannot do it with a bad pitcher, but she was more than average which, let's just say that she's been good, but not like this good uh, so uh, I saw a big improvement in in her game uh, this season and uh she looked like a player that was she was she was ready to like to carry the team and face the opposition and she wasn't like just there to do the job so, so uh my vote goes to her
0: so now we move, now we move to uh, the final um, awards for the night. And it's not awards that uh, Ron, Miko or I have actually voted for. Um, but it's uh, awards that I set out uh, polls in uh, Twitter and Facebook um, following the end of the season for the men's and the women's MVP. So in the men's MVP we had uh, several rounds that whittled the players down uh, to the following. We had Juhaniemi, Niemi, Jonny Röntgenen, Dormus Jussela, and Janne Mäkälä. Each of them a deserving winner in their own right, but in the end, on the vote, Janne Mäkälä won by a landslide. Um, Mikko, your views on that?
2: I don't agree. I mean, as, as much as I respect him, uh, and like his role in the team and his ability as a batter, uh, I, I cannot say that he's the player of the year. Uh, for me, the, <clears throat> the outstanding candidates for that category, they come like there's five of them. And they all played in the final series, actually. And there's like four of them come from the uh, uh, Manse team. So it's Yusila Puhtimäki, Henry Puputti, uh, Juusa Myllynievi, and, uh, and then Janne Kivipelta. Those, those are like my choices. And uh, yeah, for me, it's like ysula was the obvious choice I mean he, he was he was my choice all the time
0: hmm. well I, I I agree from my own perspective um I think ussula did a, a, an incredible job um, during the season and um, actually watching him play in front of me at both the Atalanta game and uh, against having uh, in was incredible um you know it's, it's, it's it's a different atmosphere than when you see it on on the uh, on the TV, um, but there we are. the People spoke. Um, that's democracy for you. Um, in terms of the uh, women's vote, um, we again had um, perhaps a, a little bit of a shock. We had uh, uh, Amelia Itavalo, Emma Kirke, Susanna Puisto, and Amelia Lina, and the winner was. Amelia um I uh, perhaps a, a little more of a fair reflection um, there um, your views Miko
2: well, yeah it's it's fair all right uh, she played a uh, very good season I I wouldn't even say that it was her best season she's a phenomenal player uh, before her injury Emma Kirkka was about to do something that has never been done before I mean she was about to win all the individual statistics and that's something that is like beyond imagination but but in the end my vote goes to Emilia Linna who's the like the all-rounder in the uh, championship winning team who, who was the like the decisive player who opened up the game when they needed a run and she played such a crucial role also on the outfield. So, uh, yeah, she gets my role.
0: So that's the end of the awards and indeed it's the end of the show. Um, so I want to, before I thank my uh, co-hosts, I want to thank all of the special guests that we've had on uh, through this season. It's been incredible uh, speaking to all of them. And I want to thank them for all the time that they've given up uh, speaking to me, some nobody uh, speaking in English to them, which is, of course, their, uh, a foreign language. Um, I also want to thank, of course, as I say, my co-hosts, uh, Ron Bronson. Always good to be on the show, boys. I'll see you next season. And our resident coach, Mikko Pironen.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot. I mean, it's it's been one of the most memorable seasons that I can actually recall in in Pesapallo and uh well one of the big reasons was has been like approaching this game from a different perspective also and doing these podcasts in both Finnish and English has like forced us to approach the game from like a different perspective and do a bit more like like the um groundwork so to say and uh, yeah and and also a big a huge thank you for you Ian for like uh, doing this all uh, carrying this international part of it doing these polls uh, uh, like interviewing the people and once we get like more people in this There are so many people inside the game who are educated, who are outspoken. They can do it in English, and uh, once we get it like that, can opened a bit, then we can actually introduce the players uh, also internationally, and that will also that will only help in the future when we when we like take the game to new areas, which we will. But this has been a a great start and I'm sure that we will carry on in the future.
0: So uh, after that, uh, that praise, which I'm not used to, um, (laughs) I want to say thank you very much to all our, our listeners. I've been your host, Ian Alba. Please join us again sometime in the new year when we'll be back. But in the meantime, if you want to read more of my nonsense, then please visit the blog. It's actually moved to site, uh, but you'll be redirected. Um, it's uh, Now it's superpessisroundup.wordpress.com. So it's all new, shiny website design. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, uh, Instagram and Facebook. And of course, you'll see me occasionally writing some articles on the Polterlena website. But until then... Have a safe and happy new year.
4: If you've got something that's hidden far away
0: Don't be afraid